All right, we're going to start our series on the Holy Spirit. I've been waiting for this. I'm excited about it. Uh, if you will, turn with me to Acts chapter 19. And uh, we're going to get rolling today uh, just to kind of give you an overview. Uh, we will be talking about the Holy Spirit for six weeks. And so I need you to lean in with me. And uh, listen, if there was one series that I would encourage you to attend every, every week, it's this series. Because... I've got to build a framework for who the Holy Spirit really is uh, before we can really then talk about the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. I think I'm going to maybe spend a whole week just talking about how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the ways that he speaks to us. Uh, and, and so um, and we're going to, like I said, spend some time really diving into the gifts and what that looks like in our lives but ultimately, I'm excited, but I need you to lean in, and here's also what I need you to do. <clears throat> I need you to kind of throw away all of your preconceived, you know, ideas about the Holy Spirit, and would you be willing to start with a blank page, with a blank page, and say, <laughs> he's got a blank page right here, and, and say, and say uh, because here's what I'm going to do. This is my promise to you. I, I, I'm gonna, I want to show you and I want to introduce to you the Holy Spirit from this book. So at the end of it, you know, some of you in here will agree with everything I have to say. Some of you, and we're going to be friends. Some of you will disagree with some things that I have to say. And guess what? <clears throat> we're going to still be friends, y'all. Okay? We're still going to be friends. But I'm not going to hold back. So you need to know that. We're going we're gonna to really dive into what I see here in this book. And so here's another thing I want to ask you. I want you to be willing that if you hear something and you see it in this book and it's contrary to what you thought about the Holy Spirit, you're going to choose to believe what you see in this book. Is that okay? Is that fair? Can we do that? Acts chapter 19, and this is kind of a verse that um, I... I think is re really one of the reasons why I'm doing this series. So if you're there in verse 1, it says this, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And this next part is why I'm doing this series. And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And do you know how many people in the body of Christ would, if they were honest, would say, of course, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I really don't know a lot about his role, who he is, how he works, and what that means for my life. But that's about to change, y'all. Come on, somebody. Would you pray with me? Father, we're asking right now that you break down walls of religion, break down walls of tradition. And Lord God, we want to know God, the Holy Spirit, in your fullness, in your fullness. And so I'm asking God that you would come and, and, and give us eyes to see and give us ears to hear that we may know that the Spirit of God is speaking and working and moving on the earth today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, I'm going to have a hard time not preaching when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, but I feel my voice going. Y'all keep praying for me. Uh, here's one thing that <clears throat> as we begin today, I am uh, I'm very aware of all the backgrounds here. I honor that. I, I know that there are people in here that have come from, from you know, Catholic and, and, and Methodist and Baptist and, and, and 
and Baptocostal. Come on, where are my Baptocostals at? <laughs> and Pentecostal, and then just straight up Pentecostal. <laughs> and so we are all over the grid. We are all over the grid. And I'm not here to come against any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, I honor that. Um, but, but what I am going to do is really, I, I want you to understand that there is a reason that the church has been divided over this topic. There is a reason. Can you imagine if the enemy, if the enemy could come against any topic in Christianity and divide the church, what would it be? Oh, oh, only the very power source that would allow us to continue the work that Jesus started on the earth and fill every single believer with the power of God? Yeah, maybe that topic. And so, and so with that, man, we, we need to lean in. We, who's going to lean in with me over the next few weeks? Amen? We're going to lean in, and we're going to allow God to show us and give us a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and understand the power that he desires to work in and through us to bring glory to Jesus. Amen? All right, let's dive in. John chapter 14. Turn to the left in your Bible. And we're going to start there. And let me kind of set the stage for you. And I need to share with you on the front that today is more about building a framework, right? A, a, a foundation so that we can then, once all the walls are up, then we can begin to furnish it. Like some of y'all want to like throw the, the, the flat screen TV in there before we even get walls up. And it's like, whoa, slow down. Y'all want the flashy stuff and all this stuff. And, and we're going to get there. But we have to build a proper framework and a foundation to really then begin to understand his function and his role. So today I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to do that in John chapter 14 because Jesus actually introduces his disciples to the Holy Spirit. And they had just, uh, this. many scholars would say this is the last 12 to 14 hours um, before Jesus is crucified. And the next, you know, probably three chapters, the majority of it, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so here we're going to pick it up in John 14 and start in verse 16 says this, and I, and by the way, this verse, verse 16, in one verse, you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all in one verse. You want to see the Trinity? Look in this verse. And I, who is I? It's in red. Jesus, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, capital H, that's the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and oh this is a good part and will be in you and will be in you look at verse 25 now it says this these things i have spoken to you while i am still with you but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you now I want you to look in chapter 15. Again, we're just kind of weaving our way through these chapters. Chapter 15 and verse 26, Jesus says this to them. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And then finally, I want to look in chapter 16. 
I want to show us kind of the function of the Holy Spirit as we're just really going to build a theological frame for the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. Now pause for a moment. you got to understand that they've been with Jesus for three years now, and they've seen him do miracles, and he's been kind of like they've just been following along and following his lead. And now he's, he's basically telling them, in just a few hours, I'm going away from you. You won't see me again. And they're panicking a little. And, and I can understand why. I would be panicking a little bit too because it's basically he's saying, everything you've seen me do, you're going to have to do now. Like, in other words, uh, you're up to bat. And they're like, wait a minute, have you seen the last times we struck out? Like, I think, whoa, you can't leave. And then he says, he says, wait a minute, it's actually going to be better for you. I want us to think about that for a minute. Better for the disciples to have the Holy Spirit in them than to have Jesus with them. Think about that for a minute. We have a power source living inside of us. Look at verse 8. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And concerning sin because they don't believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world will be judged. We'll talk about that verse in just a moment. I think it's interesting when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's hard for us to understand him. And I think part of that is because you can visualize Jesus. Like you don't even know this, but when you think about Jesus, you picture a man. Like subconsciously, when you pray and you're talking to, you, you, you think of him. And then when, you, when you're talking to the Father or you, or you think about God the Father, you don't realize this, but you're actually many times picturing what? Like an old man. And sometimes he's got a big white beard, doesn't he? Come on, y'all, don't lie to me today. We're in church. It's because the, the, the name father, you, you know what, the, you, can, you can picture a father. God the son came and actually was a person. And so you can visualize him as a person. But when we get to the Holy Spirit, it's like, I don't really have a visual for that. I don't really know what to think about when I'm thinking about the Holy Spirit. How many of you grew up saying Holy Ghost? Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost. I got to be honest with you. I, as a kid, I didn't like Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. I mean, just in my house, those were not good things. Like, like, I didn't dress up like a goblin and a ghost, you know, for Halloween and go trick or I was just not, you didn't do that in my house. And so for me, like, I was just really like, whoa, like, God the ghost? Like, whoa, what is God, what, what is happening here? I had a guy, uh, you know, not long ago, he said to me, hey, pastor, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, why don't you say Holy Ghost? And I was like, well, my Bible says Holy Spirit. I, I mean, I don't know. And he said, but just think about it. The, the power comes. His name is Holy Ghost. The power comes when we say Holy Ghost. And he said, why don't we say it together? Say Holy Spirit. You feel that? Okay, yeah. But now say Holy Ghost. <laughs> Did you feel that? And I was like, I, we said it louder when we said ghost, but I mean... 
And I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking, you know, a lot of us were trained and we were in churches that said if you were not reading a King James Bible and you didn't say Holy Ghost, then you were wrong. But we need to see what the Bible actually says about this, don't we? I think so. So the word, let's look in verse 26. It says of chapter 14, but the helper, <clears throat> let me talk about this word today, just so you know, is going to be a little theological and I hope that's good. The helper, this word in the Greek, is the Greek word parakletos, and it means to comfort or to come alongside and comfort. The word para in the Greek means to come alongside, like the word parable. Parable means to throw a story alongside a truth so you can understand the truth. And so parakletos is, is the comforter who comes alongside of us, but he doesn't just say the helper. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. Now, this, this is translated spirit. Some translate it ghost. Here's what you need to know. The Greek word is, is the word pneuma. Pneuma. And, and it is just defined as breath or wind. It's hard to define because it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's breath. And so however you want, whatever you want to say, you, it's not that ghost is right or spirit is right. It's holy breath, the holy breath of God. That's what it is. Why did God choose to call him breath or choose to define it in this way? Well, here's, here's quickly four things about wind that I see that parallel with the function of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Here's the first one. Wind is unseen. You don't see wind, but you know it's still there. In other words, you walk out of here and you might feel, you might feel a breeze, but if you say, man, man, that breeze feels good. Like nobody's gonna think you're weird. But if you're in here and you say, man, I feel the, the wind, they're gonna be like, what you talking about, man? You need me to pray for you. We, we, we know that that wind is unseen, but we can feel it. And many of us, see, see, I got people here who also say, you know, well, well, you know, it's not all about feelings. And I understand that. We're not led by feelings, but I'm telling you something. I'm thankful for the fact that the Holy Spirit comes upon us and I can feel him just like I feel the wind. And that's not a bad thing, by the way. People are like, oh, it's not y'all are just all about feelings. Well, we're not all about feelings. I'm not running on my feelings. But, but, you know, it's good to know what my feelings are running on. Come on. You with me? So, so it's unseen. Here's the second thing. It's unpredictable. Oh, and I got to stop here for a minute. Wind is unpredictable. Like you can't, we try to predict. <laughs> they try to predict the path of hurricanes. And they do their best. But wind is just unpredictable. And let me say this about the Holy Spirit as we're continuing just to build this framework. God, the Holy Spirit, moves in different ways. And so what you and I do as Christians is he'll move a certain way and we will box that way up real tight. And we'll put a nice bow on it. And sometimes we even put a, a name, a denomination over that box and we say, this is the way that God moves. Then when he moves like this, we criticize it because we say, no, 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 he only moves this way. 
And here's the ways that he moves. So, so that can't be God. And so now I'm standing looking at this church, and there's an actual move of God happening, but I'm, I'm shaking my fist at them. Because you think the way that God moved back then is the only way that he can move. I'm not trying to step on some toes, but we need to understand that God, the Holy Spirit, can move however he wants to. However he wants to. And, and what I want to do over the next six weeks is build a trust. You can, you can trust the Holy Spirit. We get scared of him. And we're like, oh, no, I don't, know, I don't know about that. No, you can trust him. Why? Because he's God. Wind is unseen. Wind is unpredictable. And here's the third one. Wind is powerful. Come on. Wind is powerful. We know that here in Florida. Wind has power to move things. And God's spirit has power to move things. Lastly, what I know about wind is that it can be very refreshing. We were in California this week, and uh, man, I'm praising God. It was like 55 degrees, dry air. But on Thursday, I was inside in meetings all day. And so I remember me and my wife walked out in the late afternoon, and we just felt the breeze, and we just went, oh, Jesus. It was just, it was refreshing. Do you know that's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit? just to, to breathe air in your sails, to bring refreshing to your life. And so when he describes God this way as God the Spirit, I think that's four reasons probably why he did that. So here's what I wanna do over the next few minutes. I want to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. I got three things that he is, and these are gonna be vital for us for the next few weeks. Like we have to get these down, we have to understand these. Before we talk about gifts, and some of these more controversial things, man, we've got to know who he is. And so here's number one. Are you ready? God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. Look in chapter 14 and in verse 17. It says this, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows who him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you so the bible never refers to the holy spirit as it it's a he because because the holy spirit is a person he's not a mystical force and if you're a star wars fan you're going to be able to relate to this like many of us especially from more traditional backgrounds we think about the holy spirit like the force if you watch Star Wars, like the people with the force, man, they got it going on. And how do you like tap into the force? Well, I don't know, you concentrate hard. You're just like, Arr. and then the force comes and does some really cool stuff and then it goes away. And this is what we think about when we think about the Holy Spirit. He's just a, a force, this mystical fog. And when he moves in, it's like foggy. And then it's like miracles happen. And then it, like he's just. Like, that's cool, but it's not accurate. The Holy Spirit is a person. Why is that good news? Because you can have a personal relationship with him. You can talk to the Holy Spirit. Y'all be like, that's weird. Why? Who told you it was weird? God, the Father you can talk to. God, the Son you have no problem talking to. And somehow when it gets to the third, man, he's like the stepchild in the Trinity. I feel bad for him. He gets a bad name. It's God. Here's a good definition for the Holy Spirit. God on the move. God on the move. 
So the Spirit is action. It is the action of God. Whoo, starting to preach. All right, here's another thing you need to know. The Holy Spirit's not Pentecostal. He's not non-denominational. He's not Methodist. He's not Baptist. He's just God. <laughs> Come on. He doesn't just, he, he, he doesn't like, you know, just modern worship. Did you know the Holy Spirit likes hymns too? I'm rocking some theology with some people right now. Did you know that the Holy Spirit shows up to traditional churches too? Or did you think you have to be non-denominational to have a move of the Spirit and the worship has to be really loud? No, it's not about title or denomination. It's about hearts that are surrendered to God and say, God, you can come and move in this place. And it may look different than the way we do it here, but it doesn't make it any less God. So God is, the Holy Spirit is a person. Sometimes, this is why I said it this way, it's good for us just to say it this way, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit, which leads us into our next point. He's a person, and he's also God. So in other words, uh, you need to understand the theology behind this. He's not like less than and like he's not the force that God like uses to do cool stuff and to do tricks. No, like he's God. In Genesis 1-1, if you put this, that verse on the screen, it says in the beginning, and then what's that next word? In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, in English, that, that word is, in the, is singular. We just, it's God, it's one. But in the Hebrew, that word is the word Elohim. And, and to understand the importance of this word, the word, when you, like, the prefix El, it just means God, like, like you know, El Shaddai. Uh, it, it, is, it is God. But when you add the, the word him, if you add that on the end of it, so Elohim, it makes it plural. Like seraphim, cherephim. But here's something interesting about this word. In the Hebrew, there are two types of plural. In the English, it's just singular or it's plural. So it's either one or it's more than one. In the Hebrew, they have two. So you have singular, but then you have a, then you have a dual, a dual, which means two, only two. But then you actually have a, a plural, and the plural is at least three. And so, when, and, and when it says, in the beginning, God, when you look this word Elohim up, I'm going to read it like this. Uh, the, the definition is the witness of the three strong ones. So what that, that verse means is, in the beginning, the witness of the three strong ones created the heavens and the earth. You catch that. That's why he says, and, 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 and we made man in our image. So you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I know this is like groundwork and theological. I'm just telling you, it's going to help us when we get to some of the other topics about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And 
Acts chapter five, there's a story of Ananias and Sapphira. Interesting story, by the way, and, and really hard to understand. Like, whoa, what is going on right now? Because Ananias and Sapphira, the Bible says that they lied to the Holy Spirit. And y'all know what happened. They did. Like, just boom. And so you have, you, have, you know, the disciples coming and saying, hey, you, you lied to the Holy Spirit in one verse in Acts 5. And then a few verses later, it says, hey, guys, you did not lie to man, but you lied to God. And so what he's saying is the Holy Spirit is God. How many of you know that's good news? Why am I saying all this? We've got to get all of the junk. We've got to clear it all out. We, we, we've got to stop picturing him as like some, some just, you know, fog. No, it's, it's, he's a person, which means you can have a conversation with him. You can have a relationship with him. And we need to know that he's God. But here's the last one today. He's a person, he's God. And number three, he's not Weird. If you're taking notes, <laughs> point number three, this is going to make, by the way, this is going to make for some great small groups this week. Small group discussion should be very good this week. The Holy Spirit is a person, the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is not weird. Who do you think made you afraid of the Holy Spirit? L let me say it this way. You can be completely normal and full of the power of the Holy Spirit. You, <laughs> you don't have to act weird. And some people think the weirder you act, the more spiritual you are. And that is not the case. And, and some of you, you're like, yeah, but all those people that I saw on TV and the people this, and I, I, they, they just seem to always be weird. And let me say this to you. Those people that you've seen would be weird without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like maybe they're just weird. And unfortunately, they have a microphone and they're misrepresenting the Holy Spirit. Now, here's another thing that I have to be careful about. Weird to you might be not weird. In other words, God could move in a way that's outside of what you're used to and you think it's weird, but it's actually God. What I'm trying to say is, there's, there's something happening in Christianity where, where we think we've gotta, it's just gotta all be expressed. You've just gotta act crazy for people to think that you're full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just telling you, that's not true. You can be normal. Like I had a guy over at my house and, and he was the cable guy and, he, and he, he came to fix my cable and, uh, and I, I just asked him if he knew Jesus and he said, no, I'm an atheist. And I was like, well, you know, you're in my house. So I'm gonna keep talking to this guy. And I prayed and I said, Lord, is, you open a door for me and then I'll, I'll walk through it. And, and so uh, I just said, well, just tell me about yourself. And he began to talk and he began to share with me. And I was like, Lord, just give me an open door. And, and, and he began to kind of talk and, and share. And then all of a sudden he began to talk about some struggles he was having in his marriage. And all of a sudden it was like, Holy Spirit said, there's your door, run through it. 
And I began to share with him my testimony and some things that I've walked through in my life. And then I began to weave in my God story and I just began to share with him how God has so impacted me. And this atheist cable man, by the end of it, was standing in my driveway as I held hands with him and he was crying and, and, pr and praying to receive Jesus as his personal savior. Now, let me say something. I didn't have to act weird. The Holy Spirit was moving in that moment. And it wasn't like, man, I've got to do something crazy for, for God to show up, for Holy Spirit to show up. I wasn't like, in Jesus' name, and like hit him over the head or something. But there's times when the laying on of hands is good. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of clear the air. Holy Spirit's not weird. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what you knew about him. The Holy Spirit is God in action. And sometimes the Holy Spirit moves when people are standing still. And I've seen, I've seen men in their 60s who've never opened themselves up to God in a worship service as I was playing keyboard looking out and I began to see the Holy Spirit move over a person and all of a sudden he didn't even know what to do but tears just began to stroll down his face as he just encountered God the Holy Spirit. I've had times when the Holy Spirit came upon me so strong that I literally was laid out flat on the ground and couldn't move my body. Yeah, yeah, me, you can call me whatever you want to. God can do that. And it's, this, it, it's not that because mine looked a certain way that it was any different than the man who just stood there quietly, just crying before God. Just, just opening himself up to the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what God wants for every person in this room. You need to know he's not weird, he's God, he's a person. And my heart for, for us, for every one of us, Maybe, maybe the prayer is not even, God, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Maybe your prayer should be, God, I give you all of me. Instead of portioning the Holy Spirit out, like, well, I got 80% Holy Spirit right now, and I need another portion. No, maybe you've not given him you yet. And so... The ability of the Holy Spirit to be able to move in your life really just depends on you being able to surrender every single area of your life. And not just the, not just the church box and not just the family box. Okay, I give you 40% of my life here. I got, you can have my job, you can have my, you can have my kids. You can definitely have my Sundays. It's your day, come on. You can do whatever you want. But I got this hidden box over here. I got this box here that, hey, this, this 5%, I, I need you to leave this one alone. I got some stuff here that, you know what, I think I can deal with it better than you can. I'm not really sure what this even looks like if I give you control. And ultimately what you're saying is you know better than God. And what I'm trying to get us to do because of the call that's over this house to change a city and ultimately change the world is to get a group of people who are just hungry enough to say, God, you can have all of me. You can have every single box. You, I'm opening, I'm taking the lids off of every area of my life. And Lord, I'm asking you to fill every single space of my life. Why? Because I trust you. I trust that you're God. 
And I want to I want to move in the power that you have designed me to move in. Matter of fact, every one of us, let's just pray right now. Just bow your head with me. Some of you guys. And there's just been a staleness in your life for too long. You know exactly who you are. And the fresh air, the of the Holy Spirit, it wants to blow and bring refreshing to your life right now. The Bible says that you will begin to be like a tree planted by the waters and your fruit will bear in due season. Come on, there's a work that's happening right now. God is tilling soil right now. God is just, just deleting false ideas right now. Just begin to open yourself up.